My next guest is a very good friend of mine. It's been a year since she graduated from her postgraduate degree in digital marketing. She's now working for a finance company based in Edinburgh. Please welcome my friend, Millie Stevenson. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. We've known each other for a long time now, haven't we? Yeah, eight long years. Eight long years. (laughs) Eight long years. So we met at Dundee University and it was both of our undergrads you were studying history, I was studying art, mm-hmm. um, but you weren't studying history for the whole time, were you? It was... No, I'd, I'd originally gone to Dundee to do philosophy, because that was my favourite subject at school, mm-hmm. um, and when I was there, I picked up history and psychology, did that for two years, but then I ended up dropping psychology and philosophy and sticking straight on history, um, and that's when I graduated with a single honours history, and yeah, really enjoyed mm-hmm. it, but... Nice. Took me a wee while to settle in, didn't it, just I know. to Dundee? Well, you were 17 as well. You were, you know, you were very young. I mean, I was two years older than you. I'd been to college for two years. Mm-hmm. So what was it like being a 17-year-old at university? It was terrifying and upsetting. Yeah. Way <laughs> well, too young. Yeah. yeah, well, only only for the first, well, for the first year, it just took me a wee while to settle in. I wasn't really putting everything I had into it as well. I wasn't really in the right headspace to be there. So I think if I'd embraced it a bit more, I would have felt a bit more comfortable, but... Yeah, it just took me a wee while to settle in and took me a bit of uh, getting used to, but I'm glad I did. And yeah. yeah, fourth year, leaving our flat at the end of the four years was very upsetting. So, I yeah. I know, we could were the have, best flatmates as well. Could have stayed there forever. I know, literally. Mm. I know. So, yeah, so fourth year, graduated in 2018. Um, and then not long after that, you moved to Australia. I did. Um, which seems like a lifetime ago now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, moving to Australia was quite a big move. And a lot of students desire to move to Australia mm-hmm. um, when they're either wanting to do a gap year before university, during university, or once they graduated like you did. What advice would you give to them and how was the experience for you? I would say if you've got the chance to do it, definitely do it. Because I feel like you'd never regret going. Um, it's such a fun place to be, such a fun thing to do. I was lucky enough to go with some friends who I was studying with in Dundee. Um, so that made it a bit easier that I was going on my own. But I met people in Australia who'd gone there by themselves, a lot of backpackers from the UK and Europe and all around the world really who had gone to Australia by themselves, were doing the whole travelling the country, living in hostels thing. And I thought that was amazing that they could do that, very admirable. Um, and just sounds like a really good way to boost your confidence to like level 100, level 1,000. <laughs> if, yeah, if you're, always, if you're already a bit of like an anxious or shy person, that is like the best thing you could possibly mm. do. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. Definitely happy I did it. Went only planning to go for a year. Mm. Um, and it was the start of 2019. So yeah, for the year, I stayed in Perth on the West Coast. And I didn't think I was going to be there longer than that. But then lockdown hit. Covid hit, and I yeah. thought I'm probably going to stay here because it seems a bit more <laughs> relaxed here. Um, and then yeah, ended up staying for a second year. But I, yeah, I'm glad I did it. it. It went by so quickly. I remember speaking to everyone back home and being like, "What's happening back home?" They were like, "It's fine. You're, you're going to go back to the exact same thing." And I did, and it was perfect. Like it was really nice coming back, seeing all you guys, and it was like no time had passed. Like time mm. just flies when you're away, and it, yeah. So I'd recommend it to anybody who's thinking mm-hmm. of doing it. Mm-hmm. Even not even just really just abroad, just living abroad and experiencing a different culture and a different way of life. Like yes, yeah, it's, it's it's a once in a lifetime thing to do. Definitely. Mm. Did you feel like you came back more confident? Had you learned a lot, learned a lot of life skills, sort of how to be more independent? Things yeah, like that? definitely. Independence was a huge one because I'm very much a home bird. Like I was homesick in Dundee 
can imagine for us. So <laughs> I was always going to be homesick in Australia, but yeah, it was good, good way of boosting my confidence, boosting independence. Um, yeah, just feeling a bit more self-efficient as well. It was quite, yeah, yeah, very beneficial to me. Nice. So you, I remember speaking to you on the phone, um, you were in Australia and you were talking about coming back mm -hmm. and you said you were applying for a master's in digital marketing. What made you decide to do a master's at that point in your life? I think I was just really keen to start adult life. Mm. I was really keen to have that sort of career and I knew that it'd be good to, you know, get on the career path and sort of, I wasn't really sure of what I wanted to do yet. Obviously my degree was, my undergrad degree was useful and it was a good degree to do, but it was quite broad, um, quite a broad subject. It didn't really set me in a, in, a, in, a, in a certain direction. So I wanted to figure out, you know, where I was going to take it and doing a master's felt like the best way mm -hmm. to do that, especially something like what I ended up studying, which was digital marketing. Mm -hmm. um, I just feel like it was it's quite, you know, a good degree to have under the belt in terms of when you start looking for your first proper jobs and, yeah, just to, to start that whole that whole next stage of life. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, digital marketing is what you decided to do. And what did you learn in your master's with the subject and also studying at that level? I think... Um, it was it was really good to provide that sort of basic foundation understanding of marketing and business as, as a whole. So sort of how to run marketing campaigns, how to use social media to boost, you know, a business and, you know, every single step of starting your own business to owning a huge company. Like it was, it was just a really beneficial sort of course for me and for, yeah, and for what I was looking for. Um, and in terms of the difference between my undergrad in that, it was quite a stark change. It was sort of, people on the course were more willing to get involved in discussion and and to sort of put a lot more into the coursework and the presentations. And yeah, my dissertation, I felt like it was something I was really interested in, the topic I chose, so it helped a lot more that the whole writing process of that and the, the research and the studying that went behind it. I was just, I had a bit more interest in it. I was a lot more keen to sort of put everything I had into it. So... Mm. Yeah, quite a big. Did you notice that as well when you were doing your master's compared to undergrad? Yes, I think it's a different way of thinking. I feel like your undergrad, you're learning so much, and then when you're doing your master's, it's about your independent thoughts. And yeah, um, yeah, it's a totally different way of working. And you, I mean, I don't know if you felt like this. I think it was good to have a break between my undergrad and my postgrad. Yeah, because because once you finish your fourth year, you're just sick of it. You're just like. I mean, I love university, but <laughs> but you just you you're exhausted and you want to relax. And people always say it's so hard to get yourself back into it, and it is a struggle. I don't I don't know if you found it like that. Yeah, I think when I finished fourth year of undergrad, and someone was like, "You're going to write another dissertation," I'd be like, "I am not doing that. I don't want to do that." So <laughs> I'm going to Australia, I'm going to the beach. <laughs> I know, as I'm not, I would never do that. But I think going into it with a bit of a mature, like more mature mindset and. Mm. So just feeling a bit more ready and more willing to do it. It was mm -hmm. definitely good to have that break. I don't think I could have gone straight into it, but people do, and people really succeed with that. But yeah, yeah. I think yeah, if you if you think having a break would help, then it it, it does make a difference. When I finished my master's, I thought it would be so different from when I left my undergrad because I thought 
I'll be so desirable, you know, everybody wants me, now I've got a master's, like, yeah. people, the jobs will be coming to me, and it was not like that at all, it was just like how it was at my, at my when I was doing my undergrad, mm-hmm. do you feel like it was the same thing, did you think, I'm going to walk out of here? Yeah, I think, because when you're there, there's, there's sort of sending you emails saying, oh, there's this job opportunity coming up, mm-hmm. you should apply for this now, but I think because you're obviously finishing it, where I tend, I was with doing my dissertation at the end, my thesis was the last thing I did for my master's, so... You're not really focusing on thinking about applying for jobs. You kind of think, it's fine, once I leave, there'll be all the jobs be running at me. And everyone's like, please, work for us. And it's just obviously not the way it goes at all. Um, so, yeah, it's quite, it's quite stressful when you do leave. And, yeah, the, the sort of postmasters looking for a job phase is, can be a bit disheartening. But it's something you've really got to push through. Like, I know you all were the same with yeah. just sort of looking around, applying for as many things as you could. And then interviews after interviews after applications like it it's it's a difficult place to be but I think as long as you understand everyone else was has been in a similar boat and once you speak to your friends and family and people that you know that have been through the same thing they're just like yeah that's how it goes like it's it's not as easy as you might assume um but it's worth it in the end and it's I think interviews are such a good experience anyway like even if you don't get the job that you think is the perfect one for you it wasn't meant to be but you had a really like a really helpful experience speaking to that person and and they've asked you a question that you can then use in another interview and mm. it's just yeah it's all it's all learning curve but it's it's all mm. very necessary mm. I think and what and obviously we we both been through this journey of applying for jobs and it starts to feel a little bit personal yeah and have you got any advice for people who maybe are feeling it like that at this moment they're applying for jobs they're not getting it they're thinking it's them yeah have you got any advice that you I think give them. you just can't take it personal. I know it's easier said than done, but mm. yeah, I think going around and understanding people that are close to you, like the experience they've been through, kind of getting an idea of the sort of questions people have been asked as well. And mm-hmm. if you know somebody who works at that company, like before you interview, they can be like, oh, do you remember what your interview was like? Do you remember what you got asked? And it's just good to have maybe a set sort of five to ten questions written down on a piece of paper somewhere mm. and answers as well prepared because you can always tweak sort of things that you've been asked before and, and use that in a different interview and it's just it's just really handy to have that sort of base of these questions that you think might come up um also to sort of look into the company before that's a big one as well like mm. if you're interviewing someone you don't know that much about the company and and the business as a whole you can sort of look into their website look into stuff they've done previously ask them questions i think that's something you taught me actually is to ask when they ask you that thing at the end they say any questions for us? And you go, oh my goodness, like it's really good to have something prepared because yeah. it, it shows that you're keen and shows that you're interested. Mm. Do you have any questions that you that you were using at the time which worked really effectively in job interviews if they say at the end, so have you got any questions for us? Yeah, so I quite liked asking about the team. So just because I'm, I feel like I'm quite a sociable mm-hmm. person anyway, just like yourself, it's quite nice to understand the team you're going to potentially work for. Um, so maybe you can ask them how many employees they have, um, what the structure is like, mm-hmm. if they do anything outside of work, the sort of sociable aspect of the job. Um, and yeah, I, I always like to know like what the day-to-day sort of structure will be as well. It's quite handy to understand what your actual role will be mm. and you know who you might be shadowing for a bit and just getting to know the sort of environment you're going to potentially be in. Sounds like you handy. care as well like yeah. about what the job entails. Definitely.
So talking about the questions, um, what are some questions that you prepared for these interviews that you have used, which you can advise our viewers to use? So the biggest one, which is such a, when I first heard it, I thought that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. But um, there was, it was actually a family friend who'd give me some advice on interview questions. And one of them was, um, can you think of an example of a time that there's been some sort of disaster in the workplace and you've thought of an idea that's controlled it and thought of an idea that's sort of brought everyone back to earth. And I was mm. like, that is really, really intimidating. That's a hard question. I feel like these questions seem so scary and if you're not prepared for them on the spot, they're really, really quite intense. But if you actually sit down and think and start scribbling and writing, like you can actually think of examples quite easily. Especially if you've been through uni and you've been through part-time jobs, there's so many times where you've experienced things that at the time might not seem they could be useful in future, but actually, can, can can be really handy to, to refer to in these interviews. So mm. that was definitely a big one. I, I know the strengths and weaknesses one is quite um, a tough question too, but sometimes they might ask about strengths and weaknesses um, in both like professional and, and personal mm. sides of things. So it's quite good to have a couple prepared for, because they, they can also be, yeah, they can be tweaked and used in different ways. But mm. yeah, I think if you know anyone going through interviews the same time as you, just speak to them and be like, so what questions did you get asked? And then try and take a quick note, like if it's like a notes on your phone, just quickly. And it's just good to have like a wide variety of things like that and mm. yeah, really handy. Yeah, I remember asking your advice when I was applying for jobs mm -hmm. and you were brilliant, but you'd, you'd been through it and you want to see what's out there and you just want to kind of like dip your toe in the water and maybe you look, you're like, maybe that's not for me. And I think that is so important. And our mutual friend always says to us, when you're applying for jobs, they're interviewing you, but you're also interviewing them in some capacity as well, because mm -hmm. you might get the job, but it's not necessarily for you. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's a good thing that you didn't go for it, you know? Yeah, definitely. Because you mean maybe it's the company's ethics or it's the team or it's something like that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think it's so interesting. And it's it seems like, again, it seems very personal, but it's not personal at all when you're applying for these jobs. And no, you can't take it that way, but it is it's quite a knock to your confidence a lot of the time. And mm -hmm. I think you shouldn't feel bad if it takes you months or years sometimes to get something. It's really, yeah, yeah it's, it's quite common for it to be mm -hmm. quite a long process. And I think it's very lucky if you have your first interview goes perfectly and that's you and your first job. Like that mm -hmm. seems mad, but I'm sure it happens. Yeah. It's just, yeah, you yeah. can't rely on it. And I don't think, yeah, you've got to try not put yourself down when it doesn't always seem easy because no. it's just not. No. What advice would you give to people who are, Maybe they finish their degree and they're applying for jobs and they're just not getting anywhere and they're feeling demoralised. What mm. advice would you give to someone who's feeling like that? Well, I think there's just no harm in taking it slow. Like even if you, or you put pressure on yourself to get your first job and you're really worried about it, I think it's totally fine to, you know, get a part-time job or just you know take just take it at your own pace. You don't have to straight like immediately go into your adult job and think this is me set up for life because you're going to work for your whole life. So. There's yeah. really no rush getting into it. I think just <laughs> always remember that and yeah, do whatever you feel like is the best for you in that moment and don't pressure yourself to rush into something quickly because you, you feel like you have to. Like it, there's, there's really not that pressure that I think it's all put on yourself a lot of the time. Yeah. So obviously now you're working in this finance job and as your friend, I know you love it. <laughs> I do. Um, do you think that you took your time and you found the right job and you made it work, do you feel like that that was the right decision for you? Definitely, definitely, because I think 
I handed in my dissertation in April. Mm -hmm. I graduated in July, so I was taking a bit of slow over the summer. I thought, I'm technically still a student, so I'll just <laughs> continue being a student. Um, I probably could have got a job faster, but I did. Just, I just kind of I took it at my own pace. I didn't really start properly applying until the August, sort of after summer, August, September time. It took me till the following January till I got into my job. So yeah. it, does, it, just, it just takes some time. And I think I had interviews at places where I thought, this is going to be perfect, this is the job I want. And I didn't get it. And it, you feel a bit sad about it, but it, 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 you forget about it with the next interview. You know, I mean, it's not something you dwell on for that long. And it does mm -hmm. seem like a huge big deal at the time, but it really isn't. And I think it's better to hold out to something until something comes along that you think you really are going to be good at and that you're going to enjoy. Mm -hmm. Because especially at our age, there's no point entering a job that you don't like just because you think you should you should be doing it. I totally agree. Yeah, you have to be passionate about it because you could yeah. be sitting at this desk nine to five, five days a week. And if you're miserable, you're miserable. Yeah, there's it's just not, not much point. It. No. no. So, yeah, yeah try your best to think what you'll enjoy, like what you're good at, and don't just take the first opportunity because you think it's the easiest one. I think you, you've got... You've got a chance to be picky, and you should, yeah, you should try and figure out exactly what you want and and aim for that. You're so wise. Thank you so You're much. So wise. <laughs>listen to what you want. There's no harm in being a little bit selfish. Um, remember, it's quite an exciting time that we're going through at the moment, even though it's a bit stressful. You'll look back on this fondly later in life, I imagine. Um, and just to stay as positive as possible because at the end of the day, things will work out. Lovely, that's so nice. And I've got one last question. Yes. A closing point. Um, to end this podcast, Millie Stevenson, are you on the edge of imminent fabulous wealth? I hope so. <laughs> Great, thank you so much for joining me, Millie, my friend Millie. Thank, thank you so you. much. Thanks so much. Woo!